Hello and welcome to the Mercy and Truth Podcast. Your host here, Brother Jeremiah Simpson. It is an honor and a privilege that you have taken out time to join us today on this episode. Today's episode is going to be a little bit different than usual. Today we have a live remote call between myself, Brother Donathan Lell, and Brother Heath Reese, both youth directors at their churches, great churches. And today I took questions that I've heard in my ministry from young people and asked these men of God. And I pray that the Lord will bless you as you listen to us today. When mercy well, hello and welcome to the Mercy and Truth Podcast. Your host here, Brother Jeremiah Simpson. And I just want to say thank you for taking time to join us today on the new episode. I'm excited about this episode and looking forward to what the Lord's going to help us with today. I have some guests with me today on the podcast, and I'm excited about that. I'm sitting here at my kitchen table in my home, and coming from their homes, I have two preachers that is joining us today, and one is my brother-in-law, that is Brother Donathan Lale, and then also a good friend of mine, Brother Heath Reese, and uh, I'll let them introduce yourself. So, uh, Brother Heath, go ahead and introduce yourself here today on the podcast. Hi, yes, I'm Heath Reese. I'm the youth pastor of the Amazing Grace Baptist Church in Mount Airy. I'm excited to be on, be on here, and uh, the great friendship we have with Brother, uh, Brother Jeremiah and Brother Donathan is wonderful, and it's great to be here this morning. Man, well, I'm happy to have you, and uh, looking forward to uh, the words of wisdom that you're going to give us today, and uh, looking forward to it. Brother Donathan, say hello to everybody. Hey, everybody, this is Brother Donathan Leo. I'm the youth pastor at Thanks to Calvary Baptist Church. And man, Jeremiah, I'm excited about being on here, excited about what we're going to talk about. I'm thankful to have y'all with us. And I've been wanting to do this, you know, me and Brother Heath and Brother Donathan have really talked about doing this for a while. And that is just, you know, coming together on an episode and just talking and, you know, just see where the Lord leads us today. I got some questions that I've uh, had asked to me and my dad in the years of ministry. And going to ask that today to these uh, two youth pastors, you know, Brother Heath is youth pastor at Amazing Grace, Brother Donathan's youth pastor at our home church, which is thanks to Calvary. So I want to go on and get started with the episode with some questions. Uh, but first of all, I want to open up the podcast in a word of prayer. And uh, Brother Donathan, why don't you open us up in a word of prayer and then we'll uh, start talking some more. Our Father, we thank you for the day that you've given us, Lord, the blessings of life. Lord, just a privilege, Lord, the honor, Lord, to talk about your word, talk about your work. Lord, I thank you for the opportunity of technology and the things that we have that we can use, Lord, and though some may be bad, though some may be good, we have the ability to take it and use it for your good and your honor and your glory. I pray you just get every listener that they'd be able to hear, Lord, and understand what you have for us today, and they'd get a blessing from it. We thank you, and we'll praise you and give you all the honor and all the glory. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen and amen. Well, uh, I kind of asked the fellas here um, to be ready to answer this question because I wanted to start it out this way. You know, um, it'll probably just be a normal length of an episode. You never know. We might get to talk. We might want to go to part two and three. You never know. And, <laughs> and uh, I, we'll see where the Lord leads us. But uh, I asked him this question uh, a couple of days ago on the phone, and uh, we was Marco Poloing. Is that how you say that, guys? Marco Polo? I guess so. Okay. Something like that. I don't know. <laughs> um, I'm just a redneck from Yakin County, y'all. I don't really know what that is. And I just know how to hit start and end. That's all. Um, but anyway. <laughs> Uh, so I asked them this question, we were talking, and I, I wanted to know their answer. So I wanted to ask them today on the podcast. And here's a question. 
And Brother Heath, I'll ask you first, all right? If you as a teenager, you know, looking back now as an adult, what are some things that you wish you could tell your teenage self or what are some things that you wish somebody would have told you as a teenager? Um, I'll start out if um, if I can on the one where you said, what would I tell myself? There's a lot of things I'd tell myself. Uh, <laughs> don't be a dummy. <laughs> yeah. Be smart. <laughs> Do, uh, learn in school. Be smarter in school. That's the kind of things I tell myself. Uh, get a better job. Don't be in a factory. Um, uh, but now on, on a serious note, the, the thing that I wish somebody would have told me and, and would have pointed out to me was the seriousness of a scheduled Bible reading. Um, uh, getting in a routine of reading your Bible. Uh, waking up in the mornings and the Bible being the first thing that's on your mind. It's the last thing that's on your mind when you go to bed. Um, different things like that. And, and, and somebody telling me about the right music. Um, what music to listen to and how that affects your mind yeah. and how that affects everything about you. Um, there's a lot of things that we do. Uh, um, very, we're very naive as young people, um, and we don't take we don't take the things our parents and our leaders at the time tell us seriously. We're like, well, you're just old and you don't know what you're talking about. And now that I'm older, I look back and and I really want to. I, I try to in our young people is I want to tell them that I want to prepare you for adulthood. Um, Ten years is not a very long time. And that's how long I've been out of high school now. And those 10 years have really flew by. And I look back at, at my high school years and, 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 and I, I see how I missed, I missed up a, or I messed up a lot of opportunities, missed a lot of times I could have been witnessing to people. And, and now I, I go back and I see friends on, and Facebook, I guess, is a world where we, we see things from our past a lot. We see people from our past and, and you're thinking, man, if I could have just shared the gospel with them. Mm. Um, uh, how much better would it be? But I, uh, for the most part, though, I just wish I'd listen to my to my to my counselors. I listen listen more to my parents, and I have two older sisters. I wish I'd admit, listen, listen to them more. So that's pretty much all I got. Yeah, I uh, I can agree with that, and you know, I can I can understand and relate to that really well. Um, you said, you know, as a teenager, we uh, like to look at our authority and the people that are older than us, and. You know, well, they don't know what I'm thinking. They don't, you know, how, how can they know what I'm supposed to do? But man, I wish I'd have listened to them a little more. Uh, most of the time they were right. And uh, that's just an honest truth out there. I remember times as a teenager uh, thinking like my mom and daddy were crazy and uh, thinking they lost their mind. But now looking back, I was like, man, they were some wise people. And I like it about the Bible reading too. And, uh, you know, the discipline of somebody implementing that into me uh, and I had some great parents to help me with that, um, but I can understand that as well. As well, and uh, some great words, some great words. What about you, brother Donathan? You chime in here. Well, I agree 100 percent with brother Heath as far as having a disciplined Bible reading and focusing on that. And yeah, I agree with brother Heath 100 percent that there's things in my life as a teenager that you sit back and you wonder, well, they don't know what I'm thinking. My parents don't really know what they're talking about. And looking back, I find that the people that were in authority over me knew exactly what they was talking about. And so, but one thing that I would say to myself going back, talking to me as a teenager, would definitely be to make full reliance on the Word of God and the Lord specifically. Though we have people that we look up to, I, I mean, I can name you preacher after preacher after preacher that I look up to, I honor, and I love with all of my heart. But something that I've learned growing up and getting older is to put that reliance on the Lord and 100% on Him because though they may not do it intentionally, 
they may not do it purposely, but the people that you put full reliance in are going to be the very ones that are just like Saul and David. This is going to be that Saul that throws that spear at you. And it's going to be that one that you didn't expect to do that and you didn't expect to hurt you or harm you, though they didn't do it intentionally and though that wasn't probably their goal, but they ended up doing it anyway. Because the devil, a lot of times we like to think that somebody can fall just because of some great sin like fornication or getting out in the world and doing drugs and all that kind of stuff but there's so many other sins that can swell up in our heart and get into us as people of 40 like youth pastors evangelists other preachers that can swell in our hearts that may not be sins that people see on the outside but sins on the inside like jealousy and a heart of pharisee of a pharisee and that those kind of mindsets that can ruin young people and as a teenager, I would look back at myself and really warn myself to watch out for those mindsets. And even though they are people in authority and you have to find that line of to honor them and to respect them because they are the God-given authority that God's put in your life. But you also got to recognize that you don't worship them. You don't serve them. You serve the Lord. You serve God. And though they're your authority, there comes a line where you have to understand that you're going after what God wants for you. And it's not specifically because nobody in your life has the deity or has the sovereignty to tell you exactly what the will of God is for your life. Though people in authority may have the ability to see things, God's going to let you know exactly what you're supposed to do. Mm -hmm. And so that that full reliance on the Lord and that full reliance on the Holy Ghost would be the number one thing that I would tell me as a young person yeah i like it amen it's good yeah absolutely and you know men will fail you uh 100 preachers will fail you and but man i'm glad we serve a god that never fails amen you know it's i guess sometimes as a teenager it becomes really easy to rely on mm-hmm. your parents because you yeah. have to you're already relying on them so much as a teenager and, and you know most teenagers don't believe that they are but they are and you know <laughs> Uh, you think about they're relying on them for making sure the lights stay on in their house. They're relying on them to make sure there's food on the table right? and right. the water's still running and that there's clean sheets on their bed sometimes. And, you know, and so they're relying on so many things that it just becomes so easy for them to fall into that rut to rely on them with the things of God, too. And right. I think that's where the problem is. I think that's why I think that's why some teenagers, when they become adults, you see them start to drift out of the church house. But it's exactly. What you were exactly. saying, they're not relying on God fully. They're relying on their parents' relationship with God and not their own relationship with God. You're right. Yeah, I agree with that. That's, that's good stuff. Thank you guys for those answers. And I think that's helpful for the young people that will listen to this. And, you know, I, if I was a teenager listening to this, you know, I would take that to heart because what these two guys, these two men are adults. They've lived their teenage years. And, man, I would heed those words, heed those warnings. And, uh, man, I'm, I agree with everything they just said. It was exactly straight down the pike, and I agree with you. So I'm going to start, uh, I'm going to change gears here, start asking some more questions. And I hope the questions I asked can maybe be some questions that you have as a teenager. And I want to try to help you with these uh, gentlemen, these preachers that are here today, try to help you with their answers to try to, you know, challenge you and charge you and to live the right way. So here's the first question. And I gave the first question, uh, that, well, this is actually the second question. Uh, I got the first question to Brother Heath first. So, Brother Donald, I'm going to give you this question to you right. to answer first. Uh, so, here's the question. How do I know, as a teenager, what God's will is for me? How do I know what God's will is? Well, that's it kind of relates back to what 
me and Brother Heath talked about as far as something that we wish we would have known as a teenager. It's that full reliance on the word on the word of God, not only the word of God, but the the spirit of God. Because the Holy Ghost ain't gonna lie to you and he's not gonna tell you wrong. And the will of God is simply doing this. It's waking up. A lot of people look at it as some great big task of, well, how am I going to live for God for 40 years? And I remember as a young person being 14, 15, I mean, I was called to preach when I was 14 and started preaching. And I remember as a 14-year-old kid, just, I mean, ignorant and called to preach and sitting back thinking, God, how am I supposed to live my entire life living for you? How am I going to live for you for 60, 70 years, however long you leave me on this earth. And because you see these other preachers that are doing that. You that's know? exactly right. That's right. right. Yeah, I can understand and, that. And you sit back and, I mean, you think of preachers like Lester Roloff and Jack Hiles and Percy Ray and all these men of God, I mean, that stayed the course and was faithful for so many years. And you think, God, how, how am I going to be a 14-year-old preacher and live my entire life for you? And it, it sunk in with me like this. The bottom line is this. The will of God is not something that you take one day and God is going to give you exactly what you're supposed to do for the rest of your life on one day. No, God God knows that us as humans, if God was to sit down with me as a 14-year-old kid and say, listen, I'm going to have you preach all these different places. I'm going to have you be a youth pastor over all these kids. You're going to be over 50, 60 kids at youth camp, and then you're going to go into this, and you're going to go into this. If God were told me at 14 everything that I was going to be doing, my mind would have exploded. Yeah. I, I mean, I would have went crazy crazier than I already am but the will of God is simply this waking up one day and saying God I want to do exactly what you have me to do today I don't want to I don't want to compromise I want to be exactly in line with what your word is what your will is and what your work for me and what you want me to do one day and then the next day do exactly the same what you want what God wanted you to do the day before waking up the next day saying God I want to be exactly in line with your word your will and what you have for me to work on today and then the next day and then the next day, and then before you know it, you lived a whole month being exactly in what God's will is for your life. Mm-hmm. And then two months, three months, a year, 10 years, 40 years, and you've lived your whole life living in the center of God's will because it's a daily task. Mm-hmm. If you take a day off, you're going to be a day behind. And so the will of God isn't some, I mean, it is a massive task. Anything that God asks us to do, is it's massive. Mm-hmm. But the bottom line is taking today. And what God wants you to do, what God wants you to get rid of today, what sin God wants you to put aside today, what chapters God wants you to study in your Bible today, what tasks, what skills God wants you to perfect today is his will for today. And then the next day, perfect that. And then the next day and the next day. And before you know, you'll find yourself 67 year old living for God and exactly in his will. Yeah, I agree. My dad just got a new puppy and uh, that's all my family can talk about. (laughs) A uh, little bear, and you know he's has a great Pyrenees and he's a gorgeous little dog. But I got to think about this while you was talking about Dalton. You know, it, he's just you know, you know, seven eight weeks old something like that. Mm-hmm. And if I went down that lot down there, and he's gonna live in my dad's goat lot. If I went down <laughs> that goat lot today, and in that fence that he's he's in inside of the lot, if I gave him all the food that he's gonna eat for the next year. There's no way that he could understand what is happening in that dog exactly right. And, you know, God uh, is not going to throw on you more than you can handle. He knows what you can take. And, and uh, I, I understand exactly what Brother John's talking about. It's an everyday thing. You know, my, my grandpa, uh, Dr. Alan Barker, says this, and he's, I've heard this all my life, talking about the will of God. He says that you'll know the will of God by three things. Three things you'll know the will of God by. 
One, you're going to know the will of God by open doors. If God wants you to do something, then you are not going to have to kick the door down for it to happen. God will open the door for you to be able to do what right. he's asking you to do. You'll know the will of God by scripture. And because God's not going to ask you to do something that's going to be contrary to the word of God. And then thirdly, you're going to know the will of God by the peace of God. So if all three of those are in line, the will of God is going to have to do with open doors, the Bible, and peace. So if you've got open doors and the Bible is backing up what you're yeah. you're doing, and then you've got the peace of God to go for it, then I believe that you're going to be in line with the will of God. But those three things have got to be in line for it to be the will of God. And I, I mean, 100% agree with what old Papa Barker said all my life. And, <laughs> and I told you, I'm just a redneck, but old Papa Barker, he's got it right. And uh, I've got another question right here. kind of goes right along with it. And you can answer this, Brother Heath, if you want to. And then we'll move on to another one. But uh, it's kind of along the same lines with how do I know God's will. And, you know, we're all three preachers. And mm -hmm. God's called us all to preach. Um, and so this question is, how do I know if I'm called to the ministry? Or how do I know if I'm being called of God to preach? What do you got to say on that, Brother Heath? Um, well, let's go back to your, your Paul Barker. And... Uh, a, a statement that he likes to say, pray real hard and move real slow. Yeah. Um, I When I got called to preach, um, I knew without a shadow of a doubt that it was the Lord calling me to preach. Mm -hmm. um, there was no doubt about it. There was no, um, was this really, is this really the Lord talking? No, it was very evident. Um, and I believe if you're, if you're getting called into the ministry, whether it's to preach or um, if it's just full-time Christian service, um, whatever that may be, whatever that may unfold in, in your life, um, the Lord will let you know. Nehemiah six eleven. Uh, Should such a man as I flee? And the Lord took that verse, and the Lord looked at me during that revival in two thousand sixteen, and He said, "How long are you going to sit on the sidelines when I'm asking you to play?" He, he took it as in I used to when I played when I played sports and I played baseball. I was a closer, and it was like the Lord looked at me and He said, "If the coach ever tossed you the ball." <laughs> you would never toss it back at him. No. You would take the ball and hit the field with everything you've got. You would sprint to the mound. You would give it 110%. He said, why don't you give it for me? Mm -hmm. Why won't you give me what you would have put in that effort in that, in that sport? Good and that's where God, he said, are you going to flee? Are you going to continue to run? Mm -hmm. And um, uh, the Lord won't, he won't be shy about it. Yeah. Um, it's not some secret code you got to unlock in the Bible. Mm -hmm. um, he'll call you. You know, you was talking about if your coach threw you the ball, there's no way you're throwing it back. And uh, no. I can relate to that in the preacher side of things because I can remember, I think it was maybe in last year, if I'm not mistaken, um, was at a youth rally at our church where Brother Jared Dixon was preaching. And that Saturday night, there was a foothills mm -hmm. meeting. And Dad, before uh, my pastor, which is my dad, Right before the service started, he said, give me three three-minute preachers. <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> and I think the whole crowd was like, what in the world is he talking about? And I was standing in the back of the, <laughs> not just the back of the, the, uh, the congregation, the back of the sanctuary. I was standing in the back of the foyer. Yeah, you was behind me. I was at, yeah, I was at the back door of the church. I was back there with you. Yeah, and I said, <laughs> I think I looked at you. I said, did he just say give me three three-minute preachers? Yeah. And I think the said, yeah. Truth. And or something. I took off like a streak of lightning down the center of that yep. aisle because you're exactly right. When coach throws you the ball, you ain't throwing it back. And I heard there's an opportunity to preach. 
And so I jumped so on top of it. it. That's right. Yeah. And, uh, and I think the same, you know, that's that same principle. Yeah. And, you know, my dad always told me, and I'm pretty sure he, you can correct me if I'm wrong. Didn't we surrender in the same meeting? We did. We did. Or we I think wrong. about a days apart. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was July the 24th when I answered the call of preach. Uh, and I remember that because if I'm not mistaken, it's the same date that my uncle Jonathan, which is your pastor, answered his call to preach. Uh, I mean, many years apart, but many, right, they, right. Um, but you know, he always, my dad always said this: uh, run away. <laughs> if you can run away from it, then you need yeah. to get away from it. Exactly. So, if, how do I know if I'm called to the ministry? All those things that Brother Heath just touched on. You can't get away. From but it. right, if you can't get away from it, then there's a good chance in, that the Lord is calling you to it, and uh, it's not some. You know, I don't want to say it's some mystical thing, but God chooses who yeah. He wants to preach. Oh, yeah. And it's a calling. And, That's right. So, man, I agree with what Brother He said. And, uh, man, I'm liking this. Are y'all okay? That's awesome. I'm liking it. I'm liking Go it. Ahead. I'm going myself. <laughs> and uh, I like listening to y'all talk. And, man, I'm enjoying it. So, uh, you guys got anything else on that point? I'll move to the next question. As far as, like, the whole being called to the ministry, it's kind of like if y'all ever played kickball or dodgeball or whatever it's kind of like standing on the sidelines and you're waiting for the captain to pick you yeah and you're not sure what yeah. captain it's going to be you're not sure which side you're going to who you're going to be playing with who you're going to be playing against but you're waiting to be picked and that's kind of the same thing as being open to the will of god you're not sure where you're going to go whether it's going to be mission field or if it's going to be for us preachers to be an evangelist to be a pastor to be different things but you're sitting there and you're waiting to be picked mm-hmm. and whatever it is whoever it is you're waiting to be picked. And that's the same thing as a child of God and as a young person. You're waiting for God to give you the go-ahead. And with a ministry, the ministry, it's something you desire to be in, but it's something you also really don't desire to be in. It has its good and has its bad, just like everything. But I remember when I was, just before I got announced my call to preach, I was talking with Todd McKinn, and he gave me the exact same advice that Brother Jeremiah's dad gave him, run away from it because I've been called to preach for seven or eight years now. I've preached, I can honestly say, in hundreds of different meetings. I've preached in, per se, big churches. I've preached in, per se, small churches. But that desire don't go away. Sure. In the ministry, though some people get on your nerves, though some people rejoice, it's still something you desire to be in. And though I, I work for a pest control company right now, but every day when I get up and I get my truck and I start heading down the road, my heart is at a church somewhere. My heart is going to a meeting. My heart is going to preach at a nursing home or preach at some youth rally. My heart, that's where I'm at. My body is going to work, but my heart, that's where it's at. And that ministry is something you wake up with, you go to bed with. You can't can't get away from it. And if you're sitting there and you're saying, well, preacher, I don't know if I'm being called to preach. If, If there's ever a time throughout the course of your day that you can get it out of your head and you can get it out of your heart, you're not being called to preach. I mean, if y'all agree or disagree, y'all can put your input. Oh, I agree with you. I agree one hundred percent with you. Uh, the uh, the and you were sitting there talking a little bit about the going to work and it's on your mind. Uh, bivocational. That's a completely different topic. Mm-hmm. But um, that you'll, I think oh, yeah. you'll really find your love for your ministry um, if you have to be bivocational. Mm-hmm. And um, it, it is, it's, it's hard. It really is hard sometimes when you know you want to be there with that young person who's got who's having that surgery or. Or, or or whatever it may, whatever the case may be, you just want to be there for them and you can't. Um, it's hard. It's hard. Uh, yeah, don't ever, you know, lose that love, like what you're talking about, you know, uh, that 
that desire to be there and desire to serve him more. And man, I, that's the desire I want to have is to always have that, you know, outlook on the ministry. Man, I want to do more. I want to do this. I want to do more. Thank you for tuning in today to the Mercy and Truth podcast. I pray that you will continue to listen to this episode on the part two that is now available. And until we meet again on the Mercy and Truth podcast, I pray the Lord will richly bless you.